Thank you, Pastor Matt. And thank you again to the worship team. Uh, church, we carry on looking at the power of don't. And, and I can see already there are a lot of people who maybe haven't been uh, to, to church in a while or haven't been at all and, and won't, won't necessarily know what this series looks like. And you'll see the power of don't up there and you'll see the big hand that's almost telling you to stop. And um, the, the thing is, we, we've, we've said already, the Bible is sometimes described as, as a rule book for life. Sometimes people would say, the Bible is just a big list of things um, and, it, and it just tells us what not to do. And there's, there's a little bit of truth to that, but it goes beyond that. The, the, the Bible isn't just here to to restrict us the word of god hasn't been given to us just to restrict us and and that's certainly not what we as a church want to preach we want to preach the word of god the word of god does tell us to avoid certain things but it's for our good and for his glory there are things that the bible would tell you don't do there are things that scripture would tell you to avoid and those things that scripture tell you to avoid it's not to, to put chains on your life, it's not to, to um, bind you in any kind of way but what it's to do is it, it is to set you free. There is freedom in what the Bible tells us not to do. There is freedom in what the Bible tells us to avoid because what the Bible says don't do. When the Bible says don't do this when the Bible says avoid this or flee from this, when the word of God tells us that, then ultimately it is for our good. It is to free us from that which it tells us to avoid. And, and I hope that tonight as we look at the subject of don't be discouraged and we look at a few verses together in God's word, we, we look at some people who, who most certainly may have um, encountered seasons where many of us would be discouraged. I hope that you can take courage from God's word. I hope that this message tonight would help you in what we are looking at. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. We're looking at beginning with two verses found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 8 to 9. And we'll look at the wider context of this as well. But it says there on the screen behind me, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Allow me to pray as we study God's word together, church. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement that your word is. God, thank you that you lead us and guide us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that tells us, that helps us, that helps us to discern what it is that we should avoid. But help, thank you for your word, God, that brings clarity that brings truth. And God, we pray that tonight as we would look to this together, God, would you open our eyes? Would you remove what it is that you need to remove? God, would you give us what it is that we need more of? And God, would you help each of us in, in this journey that we are on together? God, would you help us to not be discouraged, but to take courage? God, would you help us to glorify you and to praise Jesus. It's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, the, the few verses that we have just read there, 
to offer some clarity and context as to what we are reading. In, in the wider chapter here, Paul, the writer, Paul writes half of the New Testament and he finds himself defending his ministry. That, that's where he's at at this stage. There, there are people who are, who are criticizing him. There are people who, who are saying that what he says is, is not true. And there are people that are, are telling him that, that, that he's leading the church astray and that he's leading others astray. And, and he's having to defend his ministry. And, and, and Paul is saying, when the wider context here, that he is sent by God. That God is the one who sends him, that he preaches the truth of scripture, and that he believes that it is absolute truth, and this is what people need to hear. He and those that he is ministering with, they're being ridiculed, both by the religious and the non-religious, both by those who are trying to honor God, and those who have no thought of God. So whenever he says that, that they are afflicted in every way, that offers a little bit of clarity to that. Actually, to those who aren't in the church, they're criticizing them. To those who are in the church, they're criticizing them. And all they are doing is preaching the word of God. All they are doing is trying to bring light into the darkness. All they are doing is, is, is being sent. They are sent by God and in every way, from every direction, they are being pushed as, as we were talking about this morning. But Paul has confidence even in the face of difficulty. Even when adversity is coming his way, his confidence that he has, it's not, it's not a boastful self-assurance. It's not about that, although Paul has many reasons in, in the context of the religious people to be self-assured. His, his background, the, the stock that he comes from, he, he has plenty of reason to stand before them and to say, do you know who I am? You should be listening to me. But it's not about that. That's not where his confidence comes from. It doesn't come from um, where he has been, but it comes from the God that he serves. His confidence is not in himself, but in the God he serves, who he knows will carry him and sustain him. And he also has a hope beyond himself. And, and often, this is what scripture is trying to teach us to do. It's what Paul tries to teach the church to do. And maybe they offer a little bit more clarity, because Sometimes we think, oh, this, this, this isn't really relevant to us or where we, at, where we are at. Paul is speaking here to the church. He's speaking to the church. And tonight, you find yourself in church. Scripture speaks to us. And God has you here, perhaps to offer the hope that you have needed, the confidence that you lack. Paul has confidence because his confidence is not in himself. It is in God. It is in God. He has hope that is beyond himself. And I'm glad that as I stand here, that my confidence isn't in me, that it is in God, that it goes beyond me and it goes beyond what I can see and we'll, we'll look to that as well, church. But I hope that your confidence is in him. I hope that your hope 
is beyond yourself. This is important. But let's unpack what these verses are saying to us. Um, And I've titled this, The Value of these verses and there's five points so you'll know when we are making our descent so to speak but there's five points here and the first is able for affliction again the context in which Paul was writing to the church here to the Corinthians about the challenges and the hardships faced by him by by fellow believers in their mission to spread the gospel they're going out and they're preaching a message that people aren't necessarily used to a message that that they don't really hear anywhere else and and here it's 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 a new message and well, it's a, it's a message delivered in a new way. It's, it's relationship rather than religion. So those that Paul is ministering with, they're going out, they're, they're trying to spread the gospel, they're trying to spread the good news, and they're faced with challenges, they're faced with hardships. And despite facing all these difficult times, Paul emphasizes that they are not crushed, they are not perplexed. He emphasizes that in, in light of saying that although they are afflicted, although they are facing adversity, they are able for that affliction. They are, they are not crushed. They carry on. And, and this speaks to the resilience of, of him and those that he is ministering with. They, they have a strength of faith even in adversity. They are able for adversity. And adversity wouldn't deter them. It wouldn't destroy them. Because God is able. Because their confidence is not in them. But it's in him. And God we know is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or think or imagine. This is the God that they serve. This is why they are not crushed. And, and when we talk about affliction, there's, there's real affliction here. We'll, we'll get to that later. But every angle and every side, and yet they are able for it. And why? Because God is able. And they have been sent by him. An encouragement, we, we heard these verses this morning as well. And it says in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. And um, I didn't necessarily know Pastor Matt was going to share these verses, but they're, they really tie in together with this. I know how to be. I know how to be a, be a bast. I know how to be a bound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. They can face every trial and every affliction that comes their way and make no mistake, that is not possible without God. That is not possible without God. They are only able for affliction because of the God that they serve. As says um, Charles Spurgeon, says the trials teach us what we are. 
they dig up the soil and let us see what we are made of. Earlier on in this passage, Paul speaks to the bigger picture. They're not proclaiming themselves, but they're proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. They are proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord over all. They are able because what they are doing is bigger than themselves. All things are only possible because they are serving the God of the impossible. None of this can happen, would happen. They would not be able for affliction if it was not for the God that they serve. But it goes beyond them. We are not proclaiming ourselves. We hear this too much. Everybody in this world has the formula. They all have the success. They have the recipe to succeed. Everybody in, in every direction sometimes in, in, in every page you scroll, every, every app that you go across, everybody has a recipe for success. And here we read in God's word, we can't proclaim ourselves, Jesus Christ is Lord. There is no success outside of him. Lord means overall. It means above all. We cannot succeed unless we serve. It is as simple as that. There's no recipe for success outside of what we have here and what Paul is trying to proclaim. These verses, they remind us, church, that, that life will throw affliction our way. It'll throw moments of perplexing. And I hope, I hope that maybe you find yourself in one of those moments. I pray for you that it is indeed a moment. But know that in light of eternity, it most certainly is. See, see the difficult seasons that you find yourself in. In light of eternity, it is a moment. God is promising you, God is promising you that beyond this life, forever and ever, no more pain, no more suffering, treasure beyond what you can imagine. What, what we have here, what we go through now, it is but a moment. It's but a moment. Think beyond that and live beyond it. It's in these times of affliction, these moments of perplexing it's it's in these times that that we look within and this quote kind of uh, relates to that we look within and we see what we are made of i hope that when you look within that you see a temple for the holy spirit i hope that you see the fruit of the spirit i hope that you understand that what you are made of that you are made in the image of god i hope that these things are true for your life i hope that you see the holy spirit at work within you i hope when you look to that soil that you are indeed planted and that's important too if you aren't planted you cannot grow so let's, let, let's maybe speak to the Christians in the room as well. And I know we've done this before and we've said this before. I hope that you're planted in the church. 
I hope you're serving in that church. I hope it's this church because this is the best church. But if it's not this church and it's another church, that's all right too. Listen, we'll take them all and we're grand. We're happy enough. But right now, I really, really, I really hope that you are planted in a church and, and I hope it doesn't, it doesn't look like going here, there and everywhere and, and giving nothing of yourself to anywhere. If you are not planted, you will not grow. Be planted. And that's what will give us resilience. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we will be able for affliction. Number two, pressing in perplexing. I'm not convinced that this one was the best use of English, but it went together, so we'll see as we go on. Paul knows God. The, the words that we have read there, he knows God. He, is, he has given his life to serve him. He, he knows God, but he also confesses that he doesn't know everything. He doesn't have, he doesn't have it all together. He can't. Because he knows God, he knows that he doesn't know it all. If you know it all, you don't know God. Because you would know that you don't know it all. Because he knows, he knows God. And because he knows God, he also knows that God is the one who has given him everything that he has. And that he has everything that he needs to glorify him. His entire purpose in life. It's not a position that he deserves and he makes that clear in the, in the uh, chapter that we are reading from. It's not a position that he deserves. It's his by God's mercy. The position that we find ourselves in, it is ours by God's mercy. God has placed us there, but know that he has given you everything that you need to glorify him. If there, if there is shame in your life, if there is something that you feel that is holding you back, just know that whatever your story looks like, whatever, whatever that, that baggage is that you carry, know that God sees it. Know that he still loves you with it. And know that he wants to use you. He wants to use those who don't have it all together. Those who know that they are in need of a saviour. So because of all this, even in perplexing, even in confusion, there is a pressing that happens. There is a carrying on. There is a moving forward. Even in perplexing, there is a pressing. Even in confusion, there is a carrying on. Paul has confidence. He can be pressing even in seasons that are perplexing. He says that they are perplexed, but they're not in despair. In the context of the early Christian community, there, there might have been confusion. There could have been doubts around the early church, uncertainty about their beliefs and the challenges that they faced. It's understandable. It's, it's relatively, it's new to them. After all, they were following, they're following a new way that they're being taught. They are no longer in obedience to religion, but now it's about a relationship with Christ. It's not just simply about doing the, the Monday to Sunday and the giving 
and the sacrificing and, and making sure that you tick boxes. It's, it's no longer about that. It's about seeing the need for a relationship with Christ. And yet, despite this confusion, this, uh, this thing that they're not used to, and um, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute, but yeah, despite this confusion, they did not lose hope. J.C. Ryle says, Doubting does not prove that a man has no faith, but only that his faith is small. And even when our faith is small, the Lord is ready to help us. We heard this morning that God cares for us, that he cares for you, that he cares for this community. And, and maybe as I've been saying there, maybe this is new to you. It's not something that you're used to hearing or, or it's just completely foreign. It's just totally different to how you live your life. It's not, it's not a way that you tend to live. Maybe this is just a bit confusing for you. God still wants to speak into that confusion. He wants to bring clarity. He wants to open your eyes. He wants to make you aware. You are in need of him. And praise God that we only need just that little bit of faith. God is ready to help us. God is ready to help that grow. He is ready to grow us. He is ready to use us. Even when we are perplexed, church, we must press on. The, these verses, they encourage us to persevere even in moments of confusion or doubt. You will have those. You will have those moments, confusion or doubt. And we have said before, that God can take that and we encourage you to bring that to him and bring that to your, your community of faith, those, those who have been on the journey for a long time and let's help to bring clarity. But even in these moments of confusion or doubt, what, what Paul does, what God's word encourages us to do is to press on, is to keep going, to not lose heart, it's a reminder that uncertainties are a part of life. But we can, through determination, through faith in Christ, we navigate these seasons. We don't lose hope. We don't give, our, give in to despair. We are pressing, church. We are pressing. Maybe you don't feel like pressing. Maybe this, this just, it's, Maybe this isn't the, it doesn't feel like the time in your life when you're ready to do that. That is when God is ready to work in you most. We have people available after the service who would love to pray with you. If, if any of this speaks to you, if you are in this season, if, if you feel affliction, if you feel um, a, a perplexing, if you feel any of this, there are people available to pray with you. We'll, we'll carry on persevering in persecution. Not just pressing in the confusion, but persevering in persecution. That's what Paul and 
And those that he ministers with, they do. And they do it admirably. He, he speaks about being persecuted, but he is most certainly not abandoned. Those two things are not linked. When we, are, when we are spreading the gospel, when, when Paul is given the good news and he finds himself in times of trouble, well, first of all, he is told that that will happen. But also, just because we are in a time of difficulty, it does not mean that God has left us there. And it certainly did not mean that for Paul. And he says it. He says that he is persecuted but not abandoned. And he knows that better than most. He knows persecution. He knows the difficulties. He knows what it is to be left for dead. He knows what it is to be bound and imprisoned. And still he says, even from jail cells, even from the point of death, he is not abandoned. Know that God has not left you. And in the context of the early church, Christians were often persecuted for their beliefs. Paul writes that God has stored this, this priceless treasure that he has given them in, in fragile, vulnerable clay jars. That is, that is him and his friends. That is those who spread the good news. They are vulnerable. And it's only by God's power in them that they have not already been shattered by their suffering. They carry on they persevere. And God, he allows Paul to suffer along the way. But he keeps him from being fully destroyed. And then Paul adds that he and his co-workers, they are being persecuted. And, and in other words, they are being targeted. People are after them. And, and people are after them and they persecute them in the most severe ways. They, they, they are after them. And, and we, are, we, we began by talking about ridicule. And we talk about mocking. And we talk about people coming up against us with words. But, but they experience physical persecution. And yet, and yet. God has never forsaken them and he has never left them. God has always been with them, even through the worst, keeping them, surrounding them. And, and as Paul wrote, they are not crushed and they do not totally despair. He emphasizes this in the midst of persecution, that they are not abandoned by God and neither are you. You are not abandoned by God. God has not left you where you are. He is with you and he is for you and he is not against you. He wants to help you. He wants to care for you. And you need to allow him to do that. What they carry in themselves, Paul says they carry in themselves Christ's death. In the sense that they suffer as he did and for his sake. But they also carry Christ's life. 
That's the evidence that they have that his power is at work in them. High in the face of all this difficulty, this affliction, this persecution, people coming up against them, people throwing them in jail, people leaving them for dead. How are you still going? Christ in me. It's not me. It's not about me. It's God's work within me. They've had it rough. Tell you what, they've had it rough. I don't know if somebody comes to mind when I say that, but you have these amazing men and women of faith, and you know it's just there's seasons where it's one thing after another, after another, and they're, they're still pressing on, they're still going, they're still persevering. And, and those who don't know, they'll say, Hi, I don't know how they're still going. Christ in them, Christ in them, our hope beyond ourselves, our confidence beyond us. He carries us, he sustains us, he moves us forward. Josh McDowell says this, as a reward for their efforts, early Christians were beaten, stoned to death, thrown to lions, tortured and crucified. Every conceivable method was used to stop them from talking, to shut their mouths, that this message would not go beyond them. And yet it does. And yet it did, and yet it continues to. The, the, what, what they experienced, the, the trials and the persecution that they experienced, it was not in vain because the message carried on and it still goes today. People wanted their mouths shut and they told them, stop speaking, stop talking, stop telling people this, but they did not and the message carries on and this is how we know that it is truth because God has carried his message on through generations in the face of persecution in the face of desperation, the gospel still goes and the Holy Spirit is still within us and the flame is still lit and the torch is still carried and we continue to proclaim Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. You are in need of a saviour and praise God that he sent one. We in, we in the Western world, we, we don't face this, this type of persecution. There, there are those in this world that do. We, we don't necessarily. But we should thank God that we don't and thank him that others before us did. That those who had this message, that they, that they took it to the point of death, that they carried it on. And this passage speaks to the strength of enduring persecution for their belief, for who they are in Christ. And... And we can apply this in many different ways, but I just feel that it encourages people. It encourages us to stand strong, to know that we are not alone, and know that this message, it goes beyond us, and we need to continue to carry it. The reason that being per per perplexed or, or despairing has not resulted in Paul's being in despair or totally despairing is because of his trust 
in God's word. He carries it beyond confusion. He perseveres in persecution. And he is resilient. A robust resilience. We're coming into land, church. The imagery of being struck down, but not destroyed. It paints a picture for us. Knocked down, but not defeated. He is, he is knocked down, but not defeated. It's the idea that although we might face setbacks, ultimately we will rise again. We will rise again because we rise with Christ. Because Christ within us. Know that when you have that, know that when you have the Holy Spirit within you, know that when you're in Christ, you're never defeated. Your rising is coming. Whether on this side of eternity or beyond, it is coming. And this verse reminds us that, that setbacks and failures, they're, they're part of life. What matters is how we move beyond them. How we, where we find our strength after being knocked down. Is it simply just an inner strength and, and an inner confidence and a, and a, and a good attitude? It's, it's more than that. It's the Holy Spirit within us. It's something supernatural that says that even, even when it comes from every direction and even when everything is taken from us, that, that Christ cannot be taken from us. That the Holy Spirit will not be removed from us. And finally, to understand truth in trials. The value of these verses. We are able for affliction. Pressing and perplexing, persevering and persecution, a robust resilience and truth in trials. Paul's, Paul's words here, they, they, they reflect the spiritual perspective on the challenges that we face in life. And although difficulties present themselves, they are not the end of the story. They are not how it ends. And can, can I encourage you, the man who thinks he can know the word of God by mere intellectual study is greatly deceived. Spiritual truth is spiritually discerned. It's, it goes beyond just knowing. It, it really does. Don't, don't just come and, and like live, live a good life and say that you're good living. And, and, and watch YouTube videos and, and, and read books and, and hope that that is enough. We are, we're on Tuesday night. We're looking at, at the Holy Spirit. And we know that, that he is a person that God has given him to us as a helper. And the Holy Spirit within us, he will help us discern what is true. It's not just about head knowledge. It's a change of heart. If God does not change your heart, if you do not have the Holy Spirit within you, what do you inherit? Paul has described the knowledge of God's glory. It's revealed in Christ as a treasure and a light. It says that in, in the chapter that we read. 
And God has shone this light into his heart and he's given him the mission of carrying the gospel to the world. Paul Paul understands that the path he is on will eventually lead to physical death. Eventually, we all come to this. And where he finds himself, even in that knowledge, knowing that despite everything that he does, eventually he will die. He has confidence, assurance. He presses on because he knows what is in store for him. And it's about who is within him. Do you know Christ tonight? Do you have Christ within you? Are you prepared for the things that this world will throw at you and beyond? The reason that we can press on, the reason that we can keep going, it's only because of a holy God. It's only because of he who is above all things and through all things and in all things. This is what we have. This is whose we are. And it tells us in Romans chapter 3 that we are all on this journey of life together. And it says it in this way. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it tells us that all of us, every single one of us, Every single one of us is in need of a saviour. We all need God. We need him in our lives. And it's it's just beyond the simple problems of this world. We have sin in our lives that cannot be dealt with outside of him. We have all sinned and we all fall short. But it goes on to tell us that God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And those who have experienced this, who, who, who know this, know how amazing that truth is. And what we do know and what we often say is this doesn't require you to, to clean up and then come to Christ. It requires you to come to Christ as you are and he will do the cleansing. He will do the work in your life. So what's stopping you? Maybe it's how you do it. Well, the same passage makes that clear. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Know that you're in need of a saviour. When you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that is confessing that I have sin and I need a saviour. Believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That that believing in a way that God sees. It's not just saying words. Words will not save you. It's believing in a way that God sees. Because only God can see your heart. Do you believe that Jesus lived? That he died? And that he rose again from the dead? You will be saved. Know that the one that we worship. Is, is holy, is above all, is over all, and is worthy to be praised. 
That is why we have these men and women of faith who have stood before it, who have stood in the face of persecution, who have taken the trials, who have taken the despair, who have taken the affliction, and have still said that I am Christ and Christ is within me only because of a holy God. Church, allow me to pray as the team come up. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. And thank you, God, that in the face of all of these things, we know that you're in control. We know that we can carry on because you carry us. God, we thank you for all that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, for what is being revealed right now to those who need it. God, we pray that those who need prayer would receive it. We pray that those who have questions would ask them. And God, we thank you that we worship the Holy God. God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news that's in your son's holy and precious name that we give thanks. Amen. Church,